Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to this, the latest HR on the Offensive Podcast. Uh, it's me, Chris, from Lace Partners. Thank you for joining me. If you are a regular listener, uh, we thank you for coming. We thank you for subscribing. Uh, you can subscribe to us via iTunes, of course, or Apple Podcasts, as it's called these days. I sound like an old man when I call it uh, iTunes. That being said, thank you very much for joining us. Today's podcast is a digital adoption platform-focused podcast, a DAP-focused um, podcast. And uh, I've got one of our friends from AppLearn to come and join us. AppLearn is an organization that we, we know very well and for a while at Lace, and uh, we're delighted to have them on the show uh, once again. Uh, we've had a couple of the guys from AppLearn on, on before, but we've got Matt Sturman, who is the Senior Technical Consultant at AppLearn. Matt, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Chris. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to this. Uh, very much so. Yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to talking all things DAP, but specifically what we're going to talk about today is a recent white paper that you produced in conjunction with the Everest Group, which is called Understanding Digital Adoption Analytics, the key to optimizing workflows and software value. And when we were talking about this over the last couple of weeks as to getting you guys on and having a chat about this, this particular topic is interesting from my perspective and it resonated because at least we're spending a lot of time talking to to our clients, prospect clients, about the increased importance in, of a role of people analytics and data. We are seeing a lot of senior HR professionals, HR directors, chief people officers, really leaning into uh, making the most of data to evidence and leverage their decision-making. So when we were talking about this, when I was just chatting with you guys about this and you said, actually, we've got a white paper on it, that's what I was particularly interested with. So what we're going to do today is just start to break down a little bit about the white paper. And just for those people listening in, we will, of course, also have a link to the AppLearn website, which you can see the white paper, you can download the white paper, but you can also see a webinar that uh, AppLearn have run as well. But Matt, can you just give us, just to start and kick us off, can you give the uh, our listeners just a bit of a flavour, maybe just for a minute or two, of the white paper itself and the reasons that you guys undertook the research with the Everest Group? Yeah, absolutely. So I just really, really, really quickly, I guess, as a brief introduction. So you mentioned, of course, we're from AppLearn. Um, AppLearn adopts itself as digital adoption platform, very much focused on helping organisations achieve true enterprise wide adoption and proactively delivering support to people all based on data. So to hear your experience, Chris, there of people wanting to leverage data, really, really um, good. Yeah, that definitely resonates with me. I think in terms of the paper itself, we've definitely seen COVID have a, a huge impact on people's working environments. And naturally, that has an impact and knock-on effect to user and employee experience. Now, I think all of the change that's come about as a result of COVID, um, obviously a big impact on HR technology stack, which in a lot of cases wasn't necessarily designed to support that type of kind of new hybrid working world. And of course, all of that leading to lots of rapid change. Now, in order to 
support people day to day, maintain productivity, collaboration. It led to loads of different transformation projects. But often people are faced with an inability to report accurately on progress of those transformation projects. So whether that's during implementation, whether that's post-delivery. And so really as a result of all of that, we've commissioned Everest to do some research into digital adoption analytics and really that being a key component of any digital adoption platform. Yeah. And and it's interesting actually, because and we'll, as I said, we'll walk through almost parts of the report and just under the, uh, the first sort of section within the report, when it talks about the, the importance of digital adoption and you know enterprise priorities in the next normal, one of the, there were six, Six sort of areas in which your respondents uh, looked at in terms of critical business models, areas of innovation over the next two years. Can you just give us a bit of an overview of those six areas and the ranking? Because there was an actual ranking in terms of order of priority, wasn't there? So just talk us through each of them and then just, you know, what they mean. So just for the benefit of our audience, the six are operational efficiency, customer employee experience, customer acquisition, technology implementation, launch of new product services and revenue slash pricing of existing products and services yeah that's exactly it so they're the six and kind of in that order that you've outlined there i think first thing to highlight really is that model is pulled from kind of everest group's key issues survey which would have been conducted in 2020 um so very much having that order and those results kind of reflecting enterprise priorities looking ahead right into a more of a a post-covid type era in terms of kind of the broad focus there i think really interesting to see businesses lasering in on kind of efficiency, employee and customer experience, implementation of kind of new technologies. I think all of that definitely resonates, as I mentioned before, in terms of what we've seen, kind of the impact of COVID being across the enterprise. And it's really that shift in focus in strategy and plans adapting to kind of what is really our our new reality, right? And I think in terms of of those priorities that you've listed, very much highlights to me the fact that many businesses are embracing digital, right? trying to become digital first organizations. And whether that's across employees internally, customers externally, and experiences across the two, I think um, that would be the main focus for me, kind of those areas of efficiency, experience, and implementation. Yeah. And it's certainly what we're hearing as well. I mean, we ran a, a podcast last week with AppLearn, who looked at the future of HR, the change that, that we'd seen over that pandemic period. They focus, they laser in very much on that employee experience layer. And again, efficiencies, organizations, and this is where data this is where data is really king, isn't it? It's organizations have spent a lot of time sending people uh, home <laughs> uh, over the last 18 months. And now all of a sudden they're looking at, okay, how can we get the most out of the systems that we've got? How can we be most efficient that we've got? And then how do we use the data to actually underpin that and those decision-making areas as well? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so in the report, we also talk about uh, digital from a digital adoption metrics point of view. You know, it depends on I, I found this interesting, actually, because it talks about almost like the, the journey of where organizations are in terms of uh, in their in their analytics, whether it's the kind of pre go live, go live and then the post go live. And I guess from a software life cycle perspective, I thought it was quite interesting where it's talking about you need different almost data points for different parts of that life cycle. Could you just kind of expand on that 
a little bit. This was, of course, a section which is um, analytics as the, the guiding star, which is page seven of the uh, the report. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Obviously, we've started to touch on a little bit there, kind of the broad scope of change organisations have been going through during COVID, implementing lots of new technology to support lots of different tasks across the business. And if you think about what that might look like, it may be that within any particular organization today, you've got different areas of the business that are in that cyclical process, really, whether they're yeah. in a pre-go-live state deploying new technology, whether they're at the point of actually trying to launch something brand new, or actually maybe we've deployed something and we need to try and monitor kind of the effectiveness of that moving forwards. Maybe just to give you a really, really quick example. So I've been doing some work with an organization, kind of a HR people operations team that are going through that exact process at the moment and really, really trying to focus in on supporting their colleagues in kind of their terminology moments that matter. So making yeah. sure that they're able to quickly and efficiently find all of the help and support that they need as a business. That particular organization as well deployed a new HCM platform, moving out of the hypercare period that wraps around that and really conscious of the fact that they need to iterate and improve on that solution. Right. So lots going on, kind of probably spanning all of those areas, pre-go live, go live and post. But of course, with that, I think some of the the data, the insight, the analytics that span across all of those, it's often missing in an organization, right? It's certainly really, really difficult to connect the dots across all of those. So just to, like I say, share some of my experience when you're starting to think about kind of what those stages might look like. In terms of types of data that we're speaking to organizations about across those, obviously, I think in a pre-go-live state, quite often we're talking about consumption of change communication, trying to assess business readiness for new tools, new processes. Because again, maybe it's not necessarily just the technology that's changing, but it could also be business process and, and tasks. Right. So how are people engaging with those messages, the training enablement um, across that particular stage? Of course, then once we've got something up and running, can we benchmark our progress against key tasks and activities? Do we understand what completion of onboarding tasks looks like internally across different user communities? And then, of course, like I say, looking into the future beyond that, once we're up and running and in a post-guy-life type scenario, again, where are people seeking support, right? We're talking about this broad change in technology stack. Where, are, where do people need help? Where are they struggling potentially. Um, if we're introducing new processes, have we got any bottlenecks of people taking the right paths to complete those type of activities? So you can see really, really broad spectrum of data points that might exist across those stages of kind of transformation. But I would say that, again, those stages of transformation are almost always in existence across many, many businesses. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, yeah, where you are in your particular part of the journey, you're going to be wanting to focus in on specific types of analytics. And so I think it's almost as a business, having that ability to recognize that you need to change your areas of focus depending on where you are is quite important. So I think I think that certainly is resonated in the report. I thought that was quite interesting, this idea that it's not just a case of, right, we've just got a, a system in place We've, we're going to pick certain types of analytics and then away we go. 
that's what we're measuring now from now on. You know, it needs to evolve as the business evolves, as the business's interaction with that particular software evolves um, as well. So that was that was quite an interesting bit. So no, no, you're exactly right. And I think just to kind of expand on that point, not only is it kind of different data sets across it and identifying what's right, but it's not just one point in time either, right? We're, mm. we're not necessarily just saying it's kind of a good idea to measure kind of consumption of change messages up front and then everything else beyond that is going to be okay or kind of similarly across all of the other stages and data points that we touched on it really is i think i used the term before that kind of cyclical process of always moving from pre to go live to post and then whether it's the next project the next tool even the next change to a particular system you have straight back around to a pre go live type scenario again yeah no, exactly. So, um, so I just want to move us on just to another section of the report. This is in uh, uh, page nine of the report, which talks about three levels of analytics, uh, and that was the tactical, strategic, and financial. Can you just elaborate for our read or readers, uh, listeners? <laughs> you can't read a podcast, uh, listeners. Sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip there. But yeah, just sort of elaborate on uh, you know a little bit more detail on these levels and why it's important for businesses to actually recognise these as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think you just outlined there. I think we definitely see those kind of three levels to analytics. So can be tactical in nature, strategic, financial, and maybe appealing to different stakeholders within a business across those levels as well, right? So, I mean, first of all, in terms of that tactical type measurement, quite often maybe I'm speaking to application stakeholders, process owners who want to understand performance and pain points of systems or tasks, right? So very much people looking to understand areas of friction within their organization. So again, coming back to that point of where people may be struggling within a workflow, where people are dropping out of tasks, or maybe we're seeing corrections, rework, failures within a process. And I think being laser focused on that particular area just helps us to understand where we could improve productivity or experience across an organization. Um, and again, maybe just to, I'll try and share a couple of examples from yeah, please. Our, our work here at Apple. We're working with Nissan at the moment. And again, maybe just taking a particular process. I know they'd highlighted a change job function within their HCM platform as kind of a priority task for them within their business. And by understanding kind of user engagement within the task, we could flag that as actually a process that was taking a, a high duration, really long time to complete within their organization. And having or having got some benchmarking to compare that kind of current transaction time to, to understand what good looks like, we saw a big opportunity there actually to reduce task completion time. I think the figures are around about 45% within that particular business. So big efficiency gains just on one kind of high priority process. Yeah. Kind of the next thing we touch on, the strategic type measurement. So this may be moving beyond your application stakeholders and process owners more into the kind of C-suite, senior management team who maybe want to evidence some of the outcomes of their transformation efforts. Again, we've talked about this desire to become a digital first business, but can we actually start to evidence our progress against that particular outcome? And I think here, maybe you're starting to look at more end-to-end -end activity, enterprise-wide initiatives. So not only taking that granular data that we've 
just touched on, but also maybe starting to look at kind of enterprise-wide data to understand any gaps in adoption for different regions across the business or maybe whole communities of users. And again, maybe share a, a story from kind of our world here at AppLearn. Another customer, Rolls-Royce, um, we're working with at the moment, they use a digital adoption platform across a number of systems. And by tracking user engagement, not just across one particular tool, but different business systems, we've seen kind of users following non-compliant paths to complete activities and identifying the fact that we can save 32,000 hours in efficiency savings by focusing in on task completion times in a user's end-to-end journey. Yeah, I just I just want to touch on that a second because in the report there's an Everest take, which almost suggests that the power of a DAP platform from an analytical perspective can be perhaps even more valuable because it almost sits over the top of multi, like multiple platforms, for example. So as opposed to, you know, you're a HR professional and you you've got analytics in one one software, one system, analytics in another system, now analytics in another system. The kind of Everest take on it, which I thought was interesting, was, well, if you're using, effectively, if you're using the DAP platform to almost scan over the top, you can get even more valuable insights. And just as you were giving that Rolls-Royce example, that kind of Everest take just kind of triggered in my mind a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I'm speaking to organizations, I've had people refer to it as more of an experience layer that, as you say, would sit across multiple applications within the enterprise. Um, And certainly for me, I think that is where you really start to leverage the true power of a digital adoption platform in that, well, two angles of it perhaps. First of all, in that user experience side of things, you are providing a single consistent model for training and support. If you think about, again, the scenario that we've already touched on really, you could have an organization conducting transformation across HR, finance, and different areas of the business. But in order to have that consistent model, regardless of where you may need to seek support or require help, if that's all delivered in exactly the same way, regardless of tool that you're interacting with, there's definitely efficiency savings to be made there. And of course, in terms of data and analytics, we've already touched on the fact that traditionally it's it's really difficult to get data across the across the enterprise like that, often it'd be siloed within a system or within part of the business. So having that analytics capability that spans systems in order to evidence kind of broader organizational outcomes, definitely a positive in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And then it leads into, obviously, as you've just touched on, the kind of the third part of those level of analytics, which is that financial side, because if you can see the operational efficiencies, if you can use data and analytics across multiple platforms, all fed into one to start seeing the wood from the trees, so to speak, then again, there's those financial gains. So maybe if you can just just for a minute or two, just touch on that, that financial side that you guys talk about in the white paper as well. Yeah, definitely. So financial was kind of that last pillar that we we mentioned. And I think still appealing to an executive team, looking to understand ROI and cost reduction, revenue generation across these transformation efforts. I think often with these, people are undertaking these projects with the ultimate goal of delivering value to an organization. 
right? So when it comes to measurement, quite often we're talking to organizations about setting some form of objectives and key results. So OKRs. So getting, again, be really, really focused on what moves the needle for an organization. You know, can we measure efficiency gains, process improvements, um, ROI across these efforts? And definitely having that allows us to be more preemptive in terms of an organization's needs. So if we can start to spot trends based upon key outcomes that businesses have identified as critical, then we can prioritize actions across the entire business. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's really interesting. And um, I wanted to touch on, I don't want to give away everything because we'll end up just talking <laughs> about the entire uh, white paper. So I almost want to just give little little snippets away in today's podcast and obviously encourage our listeners to uh, to download the podcast. But just I want to touch on one more model, one more sort of exhibit you give, um, which is exhibit six in the uh, the analytics and use cases on the uh, on the report. And there are three sort of areas that that you look at it, it, it mentions three ways in which you can use digital adoption analytics to diagnose and discover to analyze or to monitor and improve can you just quickly touch on those for me maybe put a little bit more color around the diagram and the information in the report yeah absolutely so this very much reflects AppLearn's approach to working with an organization so uh, taking on that role as an intelligent preemptive platform and understanding the ways in which we can run through that cycle of diagnosing, discovering issues, analyzing, and then, like you say, kind of improving, moving forwards. But kind of delving into to each of those areas, in order to di- diagnose and discover issues, we've got to be able to understand any process challenges that, again, as we say, might exist across an enterprise, not necessarily just within one point of an organization. I think a really, really important component of that for me is benchmarking user experience. So do we understand how we operate, how we're operating today? And then can we move a little bit further beyond that in order to discover optimal process paths, any pain points that might exist within an organization. And then using all of that data to start to shape our support strategy. So if we understand, again, what the world looks like today, if people are following compliant paths that we would expect them to take, if we understand where people are struggling, then all of that feeds into the management of a solution like ours so we can understand where we deliver support, try and keep it absolutely focused on where we're going to have the most impact. So really, really important that we get that kind of understanding of the lay of the land up front. Kind of once we've got that, we can start and we start to push out those solutions. We start to deliver help to people across different tools and platforms. Then absolutely, we can start to analyze our impact. And when it comes to analyzing impact, we're maybe more focused on understanding usage of training and support content delivered by the DAP. So are there any points of failure? Are there any actionable recommendations that we can take from the fact that people are leveraging content in different areas of the business? And then kind of finally, in terms of monitoring and improving that moving forwards, I think it's probably come out throughout the course of the podcast, no doubt, but we absolutely believe that solution design should be informed and driven by data. Okay, so we're starting to move through this process again. We've kind of 
conducted that benchmarking at the very start of our engagement, we've analyzed that moving forwards together, and then starting to iterate our design, our solution, based on all of the insights that we've gathered. And then not only that, of course, we touched on the concept of objectives and key results that have a real impact to business outcomes. Can we start to track our progress against these outcomes, measure key benefits that have been delivered to an organization? And those trends over time, really, really important in pushing continuous improvement across the business. No, that's brilliant. We are just coming actually towards the end of the podcast. What I did want to do, though, is put you kind of on the spot a little bit and give you a, if you could only, if, if a listener could only take one bit of nugget of advice from the actual white paper itself you would say if you only remember one thing it's this what would that be from your perspective today great question maybe coming back to to answer because there's so much info in there i know there's there's loads there but i think i'll come back to a point you made right at the start of the podcast potentially so for me i think utilizing data correctly is absolutely crucial in making the right decisions and getting value from these transformation efforts Okay, so the use of data really, really critical. And also, again, we've, it's a theme that's come out throughout the conversation, I think, but the cyclical nature of that as well. It's not just a single point in time that we can refer to data, or it's not even for a defined period of time. You know, data absolutely supports the entire life cycle of the transformation, make sure that we receive the value from our transformation efforts that we, we want to achieve. Um, I think kind of finally, ultimately, you know, I would encourage anyone that has an interest in this area to speak to Lace. I know a fantastic partner of ours at Blurn as well, always happy to have a conversation and dig deeper into this topic. Lovely. I love the little plug in there for us and uh, as well. So uh, that's always goes down well. But Matt, um, it's been really, really good to get your insights actually on this white paper. Uh, we do have it. We will have a link to it in our show notes so that people can download it uh, or uh, we'll put a, a note and we'll tag Matt when uh, when we push this out through social media as well so if you want to reach out to Matt directly Matt it's just uh, Matthew Sturman uh, if they search you on LinkedIn they can find you I take it that's the best place Great. That's it. Full Christian name. Yep. <laughs> Always, <laughs> way. Always way. As I said uh, at the beginning, you can listen to this uh, podcast. You can subscribe via our website. You can subscribe by SoundCloud or uh, Apple Podcast as well. We'd love to have you do it. We'd love to have you write us a nice, wonderful five-star review. Tell us how fantastic Matt has been on the podcast today and you want to get him on. And uh, we shall certainly be talking to you again soon, Matt. So thank you very much for joining us today. Excellent. Cheers, Chris. And uh, we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.